0: beautiful song thank you Connie for that Well, we've learned all about spiritual gifts and last week I hope you were able to uh, take a spiritual gifts inventory at in life grew to help you know more about which gift God has given you for his kingdom purposes today we want to talk about taking the gifts out for a spin using the gifts exercising the gifts and so turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and as you turn there, the notes are provided in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along with us today. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to read in this passage starting in verse 7 today for a reading. Ephesians chapter 4. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high... Talking about Jesus here. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now these next two verses are in a parenthesis and I don't normally stop in the reading, but I want you to know what they're talking about. Um, These next two verses are talking about the time between the crucifixion and the resurrection. When Jesus descended into hell, if you will, um, to take those who were held... There was a wall. Um, on one side was paradise, and on the other side was the grave, Sheol. And he was going to take those out of paradise and take them up to heaven. And you can read about this kind of vaguely in other places in the Bible. But this is one of the places that mentions it. And I can see that everybody was just thrilled that I stopped and explained that to you. Uh, just a thrilling move through the crowd at that juncture. So I'm glad that I did it. Amen. Verse number nine. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended, Jesus, is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he, Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers... For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, And cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Father, would you work today in this message on exercising the spiritual gifts. And I pray that we would all be encouraged by your word to be in the body of Christ what you have designed and made us to be. Guide us now during this time and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please listen as Mrs. Dewey sings.
1: Be still, O restless soul of mine. Bow before the Prince of Peace. Let the noise and clamor cease. Be still and know that He is God. Be still and know that He is faithful. Consider all that he has done, stand in on and be amazed, and know that he will never change. Be still, be still. And know that he is God, be still, and know that he is God, be still, and know that he is God, be still, be speechless. still and know that he is God Be still and know he is our Father Come rest your head upon his breast Listen to the rhythm of His unfailing heart of love Feeding for his little ones Calling each of us to come Be still Be still
0: Amen. Thank you, Brenda. I love that song. Yeah, and what a beautiful message to us. Well, I heard that uh, Brother James Seyfert did a fantastic job last Sunday. And uh, I also heard... Now, this alarmed me slightly. Because I've been your pastor for six years. I heard that as he closed the message, that people actually clapped. Now, I don't get jealous very easily. Um, But I also heard that he finished 15 minutes early, and so I had to try to weigh the truth of what actually happened with that clap. I'm sure that it's because you were glorifying God over the terrific message, and not that you were excited to get out of church 15 minutes early. Um, Not this crowd, you're too mature for that, Um, but but it's good to be back, and we had a terrific time with our family. Um, over in Oregon and, and got to have our family vacation. And we appreciate uh, you supporting us and and being happy that we get to go on a vacation. Um, it, it's, it's good for even pastors and their families to go on vacation from time to time. And, uh, and so don't begrudge that of the people here on the church staff. We're excited that folks get to do that. And it, it's good for them. So, So I just appreciate your support and appreciate Brother James. And he does a terrific job. He's back over in God's kids today. And I keep praying for him and his wife. They're expecting their first baby coming up at the end of the summer. Well, just like your physical body has been intricately formed by God to accomplish a purpose, the spiritual body has also been gifted by God to accomplish a purpose. His purpose. And uh, God has fitly joined us together and, and supplied us with the participants that are needed for this exact location, for this exact place and time in His kingdom. And uh, so get ready, get set, let's exercise our gifts here this morning. And let's talk through the notes. Let's say, first of all, that we are designed by the master builder. Designed by the master builder. And uh, I love the passage in Psalm 139 that describes how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And in every generation of science, that has become more obvious to scientists. The deeper they get, the, the bigger their telescopes get, and the smaller their microscopes get, they find out more and more that we are designed Not that we're just designed, but we're designed wonderfully and fearfully. And that God's creation is amazing. Um, In fact, scientists over the last 150 years since Darwin came up with this crazy theory, um, they have been forced to intentionally lie to say that they believe in evolution. That's essentially what they're doing. Because science shows a designer. Of 75 trillion cells in your body that all work together to accomplish life for you. Of systems throughout your body that are working even as you sleep, even as you sit here today, that you're not even thinking about. And how many of you actually thought about your pituitary gland while you're sitting here this morning? See what I'm saying? Some of you may have thought about your heart or your lungs But you didn't think about your spleen, did you? Um, We have all kinds of things going on in our bodies today that we never even think about because God has designed them to work so well and to function so wonderfully. But you know, it's that way in the body of Christ too. If God was intentional about the human body, God was certainly intentional about the spiritual body. If your physical body has DNA code, it's safe to assume that the spiritual body of believers has also been given a code, a genetic code that only God could make. Where else could people get together who are so different and yet accomplish God's purpose? Where else could it be? Some of you people in here like NASCAR. But some of you don't. Obviously, by the grunt that we just heard when I said NASCAR. Some of you like country music. And you'd be willing to admit it at church. By going like this. Yeah, see I knew you are out there. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Some of you like Beethoven and Bach. Huh? Right here? How many you like organ music? Anybody like organ music? My grandmother loves organ music. She still has an organ at her house. And, and we all like different things. How many of you like adrenaline rushes? You, you like to ride a roller coaster or, or take a 600-foot drop off a bridge? Yeah, with a parachute. Um, yeah, it's better that way. How many of you, be honest now, I think I've asked this before, but how many of you, in your life, you've never been on a roller coaster in your whole life? God bless you, dear lady. Look at this. Never in her life. You keep it that way, or are you headed for an amusement park? Okay, she's going to keep it that way. Good old Wanda. Hasn't been on a roller coaster. Goodness gracious. And we're different people. But God can take all the different elements and make it one unique, wholesome, wonderful place to be. Here's the point I'm trying to make with this before we get further in the message. If God could take 75 trillion different cells in your body and make it all one cohesive unit that actually means something, don't you think He could do that with the local church? And and so there's a design factor that's so prevalent here. We are designed by the master builder, not only physically, but spiritually. Spiritually. There are still some indigenous tribes um, that they think are in the Amazon and possibly in New Guinea that have never seen any outside civilization. And I want you to imagine with me that we go on a trip down to the Amazon and we get on a boat and we go and we discover these tribes, or at least one of those tribes. And we bring that tribe, or some of the tribe, some of the people, We bring them back to America, and we put them up in the finest hotel, Motel 6. (laughs) They they wouldn't know any difference. And uh, we get them everything they need in the room. And the next day, we go to check on them, and we find out that they aren't using things the right way. They're using the television screen as a mirror. They don't know what it is. They're using the indoor plumbing as pieces of furniture. The people in Arkansas literally do that. But but they're doing that in the room. And they aren't even sleeping in the beds. They don't even know what they're for. They miss the whole point of Tom Baudet's design. They they miss this whole thing. And this often happens in the local church. We become so self-oriented about me and my and my family that we miss the fact that God has designed the local church to be one unit and one body. And by His grace, Christ has not only given a specific spiritual gift to each believer, but He's also determined what gifts should be provided to each local church in every era of kingdom ministry. Now, this started with the first era of kingdom ministry. Look back in the passage to verse number 11. After Jesus' ascension, which is what the first verses of the passage describe, he gave gifts by grace to the church. Now, we already know that every believer was given a spiritual gift and still is today. But these weren't the spiritual gifts. These were the gifts that God gave to the local church. Okay, so there's a difference here. He gave some apostles. So some of the early churches actually had apostles in the local church. Imagine that. Now the church at Jerusalem, they had 11 apostles, all in the same church. The apostle Paul eventually went around, the missionary journey was in some of the churches. So some of the local churches actually had real life apostles. After those apostles were gone, there were no more local churches with apostles. The only apostles were the ones in the New Testament. They were gone. Some of the churches had prophets. This was before the canon of the Scripture was finished. There were actually people in some of the local churches who could stand up and give a prophetic word by the Holy Spirit to that local church as a gift to that body. But... That gift, described in 1 Corinthians 13, has gone away. Now that the Scripture has been fulfilled. Now that we have the whole picture. Some of the churches were given evangelists. Timothy. Titus. um, Men who were gifted by God to these churches to travel around and to help them and to enable them and to be a blessing to them. Now, in the modern era... Now, we may think of it as like the darts who are going to be here tonight. Uh, That's not a game. It's a family. D-A-R-T-T. And uh, they're going to be here tonight to minister in music. And it's kind of a gift to this local church that we get to be blessed by their ministry. And we have people throughout the year who come around, who are traveling uh, all around the country. And they come in and they bless us with music or with ministry or with preaching. And we just had a last fall, we had an evangelistic meeting. And, and so that's what this is talking about. Now, some churches were given pastors and teachers. Could be the same person, could be different people, but they were gifts to the local church so that the local church could grow. Now you say, Pastor, you mean there's churches who don't have a pastor? Oh yeah, there's lots of them. In fact, there are churches in this town that haven't had a pastor for two years. Um, Either because they can't decide who they want the pastor to be, or because nobody has come to the the front for them. And and so um, I'm not trying to describe myself as God's gift to you. That would be a little vain. (laughs) But the Scriptures have said that That God gifts local churches with pastors and with teachers. And it's so that we can grow together. It's so that God can raise us up to be what He wants us to be in His kingdom. And and so there's a design factor. God brings certain people with certain gifts to the table at certain times. And He does that right here in, in the local church. And it always amazes me. Because we have, in a church our size, we have people who come for a while and then maybe they move out of town or a job takes them somewhere else or sometimes they go across the county and the commute becomes a little rough for them. But you know, the season that they're here, they impact this body. They are a gift to this body. Oh, I see Dennis and Angie back there and, and they worked in Iwana here uh, for a long time. And there are boys and girls who are adults now who were influenced by their testimony and by their work here in this ministry. And and they've been in Boise for quite a while now, but God brought them as a gift for a time. And that's how it is in this local body. And sometimes we look at things and we don't value them the way God does. We get really upset sometimes when People make transitions or when when they change a little bit and they go here, they go there. Um, We're going to be sad to see uh, the crown overs are going to be moving this summer. And uh, Bree is sick today, so Sharon's not here. Uh, But Brother Cole is coming back from his uh, army training and they're moving to El Paso City down by the Rio Grande. How many of you are Marty Robbins fans? Nobody got that then. (laughs) You guys know that? El Paso City, down by the Rio Grande. Um, Yeah, you should listen to it. It's on iTunes. Uh, You'll like that. But they're going to transition out of this ministry, and it'll be a gift to another ministry. Now, for us, that's difficult. But for God, He knows exactly what gift He's about to send our way. For God, He knows exactly what we need in this body to be here for the present time in 2013. And so it's His design. Let's talk about this second part, developed in the Master's body. Developed in the Master's body. Some things can only grow in soil, while others can only grow in water. Some plants grow only on mountains. Some grow only in deserts. Scientists call this an organism's habitat, the environment in which it is best suited to grow and reproduce. Um, We have some kind of amateur planters here in this room, and I'm not one of them. I have a black thumb, and my wife has an even blacker thumb. And so we have absolutely no plants that actually grow at our house, um, at least intentionally. We have a lot of very special weeds that we water, though, just to kind of keep up the facade, you know. Um, but some of you plant things, and I don't know if you've ever tried to take a mountain plant, because you thought, man, that's a pretty plant. And so you go up to the mountains and you tug up a ponderosa pine, which probably you shouldn't do that, it's that bad. We, we don't know, it's bad You're not supposed to do that. strike that from the record um, Don't ever do that But you come down and you say You know what, this ponderosa pine is beautiful And it's just a teensy weensy one And we're going to take it And we're going to grow it in our yard And then we're going to cut it as our Christmas tree some year and Some of you are looking at me like Pastor, have you actually tried this? Um, well, sort of Not quite on those terms, but I actually have tried to take a ponderosa pine and replant it. It ain't so easy, people. You have to know the degree of the angle of the sun that's hitting the ponderosa before you pull it up so that when you replant it, you can put it with a protractor on the ground and get that same degree of the sun. You think I'm joking? Um... A lot of the developers in this area, they they thought aspen trees would be beautiful in this valley. And so they brought them down from the mountains and they planted them in the valley. And those aspen trees are beautiful for about eight years. And then they fall over or they die because this is not their natural habitat. We know about natural habitats. It's pretty easy for us to figure out that a fish does not live very long out of water. Right? You guys have all tested that method before. Pretty scientific group out here. But there is a habitat for believers. The Bible teaches that Christians can only grow properly inside the body of Christ. Which is the local New Testament church. There has never been a believer who has ever grown for kingdom purposes outside of the body of Christ that's new testament theology now it's easy for us to get distracted we say but pastor wait what about this group and what about this parachurch group and what about if i go to church on the internet you're looking at me like there's not that availability you actually could go to church on the internet they will willingly accept your tithes and offerings and you can show up whenever you want Like, if you're late here, you miss part of the service. If you're late online, who cares? But the commitment factor, and the growth factor, and the prayer factor, and being attached to the body is significantly different. See, there's a reason why God designed the body of Christ to be this way. There are a lot of, of great... Ministries and, and churches out there uh, I certainly have enough enemies my, my flesh, the world, Satan For me to go out and attract, uh, attack other believers And what they do but, but let me just tell you There's a lot of um, churches now That have satellite churches And what that means is They have other churches Inside their own city Or outside of their own city And they all come to church And they sing some songs or they have a band or whatever they do. And then they all have the same guy talk to them on a screen in the room for the church service. Now, what I have found is I've looked at these, the guys who speak on the screen, they are incredible communicators. I mean, they are incredible communicators. They can bring a point home like nobody else. But from my experience, that's just not the body of Christ. The body of Christ is where a group of believers meet together in an organism that goes out to reach the world and to build each other up. And once again, nothing against those groups. They're, they're reaching people for Christ. And I, I'm so excited that they're doing that. But as believers, we fit into a body we're designed, and yet, the only way we can grow is to stay attached to the body. Right. The only way to grow grapes is to be on the vine. Amen. Jesus said that in John 15. I'm the true vine, you're the branches. Any branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. We have to be attached. Let's talk about doing the Master's bidding is this third part of the sermon. Doing the Master's bidding. We already said a fish is designed to be in water. He's designed to swim. A bird is designed to fly or to sit on the deck outside of your vacation room and eat your grill tools, which is what happened to us this week. Um, Seagulls, massive ones. I felt like I was in the bird's uh, right outside of your window, they're gorging themselves on your grill tools, and uh, so just to just throwing that one in. Sorry, I said you folks are looking at me like, Pastor, what happened to you? I went on vacation. I haven't spoken for like two weeks. I'm really confused right now. But your body is designed to do something. It is, and the body of Christ is no exception. It's designed to do something. I don't know if you've ever had a time in your life where you've had an injury, where part of your body could not do what it was designed to do for a long period of time. When I was in um, ninth grade, I was a giant of a man back in those days. Yes, shrunk since then. But I was on the high school football team because I went to a small school. And they officially listed me on the roster. Who is laughing right now? It is wrong to laugh. I haven't even told anything funny. I just said I went to a... Oh, I went to a (laughs) a small school. I get it. A small school. See, they they threw that into a joke. They thought that meant a school for little people. So I, I get where you're... I went to a school that was not large in number. All right? Can I rephrase... Give me a chance, kids. I'm up here working at this, and they're laughing. Was it you? Is it Monique? So I went to a school, and anyway, I played football. Um, They listed me on the roster at 5 feet, 0 inches, 95 pounds. That was generous. I weighed about 80 pounds. And they put me in at the end of the fourth quarter because we were ahead by like 55 points. And they put me in at defensive end. (coughs) Well, the offensive tackles on the other team were bigger than I was. In fact, they're about 150 pounds bigger than I was. And so when the quarterback ran back and fumbled the ball, (coughs) and I ran to pick the ball up, and run into the glory days of the end zone. As I bent down with my tiny little frail body <laughs> and my small school <laughs> and picked that ball up, two of those linemen somehow fell onto my arm. And my arm, the bones of my arm, went like this. And my body went into shock, and they carried me out on a board, and my mother cried. I don't remember much else. Um, I had surgery on my arm, and I still have the scars to prove it. There's a lot of kids these days who don't know about Vietnam, and they think these are actually scars from me being in the war. I was never in the Vietnam War, for the record. Um, But I had surgery on my arm, and I remember I had to wear the cast for a long time, and then I had to wear a brace. And during that time, my arm, and if you've had an injury, you know this has happened, It experienced atrophy. It shrunk. Now, if you have an arm that's already small, that shrinks, (laughs) then it's really small. And so my left arm was normal size, and when they took all the stuff off, my right arm was like this big. And I couldn't use it, and it didn't work right you know, it took a long time to build back up any type of muscle in that arm. But that arm wasn't designed to be in a cast. That arm was designed to do something. You know, if you're part of the body of Christ, I guarantee you, you are not spiritually designed to do nothing. You are spiritually designed by God to be a part of doing something. Now look at verse 12 again. Verse 12 says, For the perfecting of the saints. So these gifts are given to the church so that maturity can happen in the body. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. The work of ministry takes place when believers are living out the grace of God. Do you know, no one can do a good work to become a child of God. Right. Nobody can. There's no good work you can do to become God's child. But the children of God should naturally do good works because we are children of God. There's a family relationship there. And we should resemble Jesus Christ in our community and in our church community as we work with each other. This last one I want you to see is destined for the master's business. Destined for the master's business. There are some great organizations on planet earth that help the needy, that give shoes, that give blood, that give shelter, that help in disaster relief. But there is no earthly organization, no group or club, no gathering that begins to compare to the body of Christ. Those who are attached to a healthy body of believers will be built up. It says it right in the scriptures, it's gonna happen. Those who are dwelling in this environment, and let's read about this environment, those who are dwelling in this environment are gonna grow. Look at what it says, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children. So there's a natural growth process that's going to take place. Our daughter just turned 11 weeks old on Friday. You know, there is a natural growth process that's already taking place. She told her first lie this week. I'm not going to tell you which one of the kids taught her to do that, but I have a hunch that it was the oldest. She told her first lie this week. She said that she needed to be fed, and we looked at the clock and she had just been fed. And so then Dad changed her diaper. Did you just hear that? Did you hear what I said? Dad changed her diaper. Some points right there, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, I didn't really change it. I opened it up and there's nothing wrong, so I put it back together. <laughs> All right, so basically got to tell the whole truth on that one. But she said that something was wrong and nothing was wrong. She just wanted somebody to hold her. See, when you're on family vacation, everybody wants to hold the baby. And when the baby's by herself, now she's very angry that no one's holding her. No one had to teach her to lie No one has to teach us to say angry words to each other No one has to teach us to say bad words But we do have to be taught the right things We do have to be taught the godly things of how to develop And here this passage is talking about growing up in all things Now, how does it happen? Look at verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together. Fitly joined together. So this is a body that's designed by God for a very specific reason, and God has put all the pieces in order and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. I don't know if you've ever thought about Why your arm works But it's a fascinating thing When you think about The basic muscles And tendons And joints That God put in an arm To make it work It is fascinating Do you know that One part of your arm Has to contract Before the other part Can even move This muscle right up here You guys all see it right (laughs) Sorry sorry um this, this, <laughs> this muscle has to tighten before the forearm can even move to try it on your own you see that before your forearm can even start to move up that has to tighten if you're wearing a suit jacket it'll get your suit jacket really tight i'm just teasing. Um, but it, it's all attached you know something that happens in your life sometimes you think boy this is just an isolated thing This is a bad thing that happened to me. This is a sickness that affects me and my family. Or this is a victory that we're going to enjoy just ourselves. You know, there's not one thing that's ever happened to you while you've been a believer that hasn't been meant to affect the whole body of Christ. Everything that happens within the body is designed by God to help the body grow. You say, Pastor, what about the bad things? Did God bring the bad things? I'm so glad you asked. Because that brings me kind of the conclusion. Thank you. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Now when you read this verse that you've read a thousand times before, I want you to remember that we're a body of believers. This verse is not just meant for you as an individual. This verse is not just for your family. This verse is for the family of God. It's for the body of Christ. It's for His kingdom to move forward. Romans 8, verse 28. Look what it says. And we... So this isn't an individual. This is a body. And we know that all things work together for good. To, look at the next word, to them. Not an individual. And we, so this is a great verse. So sometimes we use it as promise. We say, oh, this bad thing happened in my life. And I know God will work things all together for my good. Read the verse again. Look what it says. We know that God will work all things together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called According to his purpose See what happens in your life Is not an isolated event What happened in your little cell of your body Affects the whole body What effect do you have on the entire body of Christ Some of you say I just don't have any And it could be because you're not attached If you're attached to the body You have an effect on the body God says that you are part of a joint that supplies something to someone else. And when your part's not being done, the whole body can't grow. Now look at this next verse. For whom he did foreknow. Now this is singular. Okay, so this is not just the whole body. This is you as an individual. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate To be conformed to the image of His Son That He might be the firstborn among many brethren See God, watch your experience Everything, positive, negative, good, bad To bring you closer to Him And to bring you more like Jesus Christ Because when you become more like Jesus Christ The entire body grows The entire body matures and so God has gifted us this way. We're predestined to be conformed to His image. You say, Pastor, I know someday I'm going to be like Jesus. Jesus says it ought to be today. Now there's a day we're going to be totally like Him. When perfect sanctification happens. But it's not here yet. But every day we should become more and more like Him. And when we do, we do it attached to To a body of believers. I want to show you a promise that Jesus gave as we close. Look at John chapter 14. The Gospel of John chapter 14, the night before Jesus was crucified, he spoke to his disciples. And I want you to show, I want you to see a promise here. It's just so big that it's hard to even get. It's so big that it's hard to even understand. Because we're talking about Jesus Christ who walked the earth for three years, who healed, who loved, who spoke, who did amazing things in the name of God. And look what He said to His disciples and His future disciples in John 14, verse number 12. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, He that believeth on me... The works that I do, shall he do also. So if you're a believer in Christ, Jesus guaranteed that you will do the works that he did. Naturally. It's part of your role as a child of God. It's part of the natural effect of the body of Christ. Look at the end of the verse though. And greater works than these shall he do. It's hard to put your brain around this, but that verse just says, Jesus just promised that in every generation of believers that the body of Christ will be able to affect more of humanity than Jesus affected Himself in His earthly ministry. Let's see if it's true. How many of you ever read where Jesus traveled to China to witness to the Chinese people? Please don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand. How many ever read where Jesus traveled more than 100 miles from where he was born? How many ever read where Jesus posted the gospel on Facebook? You know, Jesus never traveled more than 100 miles from where he was born, he never spoke to more than five, 6,000 people at one time, and a lot of them were the same people. When he died, he had 12 disciples at that point. One betrayed him. All of the rest fled. Some of them deny they even knew him. In fact, when he ascended into heaven, they stood there weeping like babies. They didn't know what to do. An angel had to come down and give them instructions. And yet, that generation of men, the Bible says in Acts, turn the world upside down. They did more than Jesus did. He promised they would. Why? Because they became like Him, they became His body. And this body of believers, Centennial Baptist Church, we have the opportunity by a promise from Jesus Himself to do more for the kingdom of God than Jesus even did in His earthly ministry. You say, Pastor, that just sounds wrong. I know it does. I'm not talking about His eternal ministry. I'm talking about what He did on the earth. We have the opportunity to support missionaries in countries all over the planet. We have an opportunity to pray with more people on a weekly basis than Jesus prayed with. You say, Pastor, I just don't buy it. You know, the whole New Testament is a commission to us about how to be His body, how to serve under this promise right here. Take that promise with you and just mull it over for a while. Just think about it for a while because it's a fascinating thing that God has given to us. We have an opportunity to be the body of Christ. And there's so many things attached to that. There's so many implications that God has given to us about the body of Christ. Would you bow in prayer with me today? I'm so glad that you came to the service this morning. It could be that you may be here and you're not attached to the body of Christ. You don't even know what that means or understand. It may be that you say, Pastor, I do not know Jesus Christ, personally. I do not have an assurance in my heart of where I would spend eternity. With no one looking around, if you're like that today, would you just slip your hand up so I could pray for you? Say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm a child of God. Yes, I'll pray for you. Yes, I'll pray for you. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, I don't know for sure where I'll spend eternity. I want you to know that we can take the Word of God, We can show you in just a few minutes in a private counseling room how you can know Jesus as your Savior. I hope you'll let us do that today. Christian, what's your place in the body? Have you thought much about it or are you so centered on yourself and what you want, what you need, what you feel that you've forgotten the implications of being part of a body? That God has you here in this place at this time for a very specific reason. Father, would you work now as we invite hearers to respond to your word. We invite those who do not know Jesus Christ to come and to receive you as Savior. And we invite those who are part of your body, those who are believers in Jesus Christ. Maybe some who are not attached to a body, but they do believe in you. We invite them to come and to respond and to and to pray and to make commitments worthy of you today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Would you stand as you stand? Miss Haynes is going to play an invitation.